Freuda, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me about your week. Okay, so I'd had a really fun Saturday planned, so yesterday, because we're recording on a Sunday, because people know how weeks work, and (laughs) it was already... (laughs) It was already thrown off a bit because I had to take my dad back to the airport yesterday morning. He wanted to be collected at 3.30. P.M. A.M. Oh! Oh! Right, so so I take him to the airport, I come back, I got back about half past five, and I just went to sleep again. And I didn't get up till about ten. And I had a drag brunch planned yesterday for a friend's birthday. Yes. And my God, we had so much fun. It was absolutely hilarious. I was genuinely the star of the fucking show. I saw the videos. <laughs> I saw the videos. <laughs> what happened was, at the beginning, the host said, take pictures, take videos, tag me on Instagram, and the best post will get a free bottle of Prosecco. So I'd already done a couple of posts before she said this, and I'm not going to lie, they weren't anything special. But like I right. tagged her in it, and I was like, leave that to it. And then about ten minutes later, she comes back on stage after one of the acts and went, is there a Freuder, Freuderson in the audience? <laughs> she double-named me. I was like... Excellent. Yes. And she went, just like you to... She literally held up her phone. She went, tell me what the fuck this is. <laughs> now, it was a picture that I'd posted on Instagram in celebration of your 30th birthday. Right, of me and you doing really derpy faces. Yes. Yes. She was like, I'm just going to airdrop it to the people, um, the AB guys, so that they can show it on the big screen. Oh, no! share it with everyone so everyone can see. So she literally airdropped it. Then it comes up on the big screen. She just zoomed in on my face and you were cropped out. And it was absolutely fucking horrific but so funny it was so funny she's like I'd like you to come on stage please you need to explain yourself so <laughs> I sort of like slowly drudged my way up there and she's like what do you have to say for yourself and I just got this little bout of confidence where I just said I just find it really funny to be ugly and she she was like well you've understood that assignment and I just <laughs> And I just really sassy just turned around to her. I don't know what happened, but I was like, I just want this to end, so let's just bring up the tempo. And I just, she put the microphone in front of my face, and I just really cockily just went, well, if you can't laugh at yourself, what's the fucking point? And obviously the whole crowd starts laughing, and then I just went, and now... A song! <laughs> she like snatched the microphone back <laughs> <take> off of me. <laughs> Your stand up career is on the way. Yeah. And uh, she said, Oh, you won the free bottle of Prosecco. I was like, Oh, amazing. Thank you very much. Went back to my table, didn't think much of it. Then, about 25, 30 minutes later, she dragged up this bride from a crowd that was right in front of her. I was like, is anybody here a fan of RuPaul's Drag Race? And everyone's like, woohoo, yeah, we are, yeah, yeah. And she was like, if we could have Freud of Freudison back to stage, please. I was like, sorry, what? what? It's like, excuse me? She's like, come on, Freud of Freudison. It's like, oh no. And I go up there with this bride, she's like, you two are going to lip sync for your life. I was like, <laughs> No, I'm fucking not, mate. <laughs> I'm fucking... No, you made it clear you 
enjoyed uh, a I, microphone when you were up there the first time. I mean, honestly, I was, it's just, she just sort of looked at me and I went, I, and I was wearing this really lovely dress. It's like a little sundress. They had really flimsy buttons up down the front and like any small movement, they were just starting to like pop. Um, <laughs> and I just started laughing. And she's like, what do you find so funny? I was like, I'm just really, I'm just really scared my tits are going to fall out. <laughs> Verbal diarrhea. So anyway, she starts this song. It's Bang Bang. It's Jessie J, Nicki yes. Minaj, Ariana as we all know. And this little demon came out of me and I just had an amazing time. Like, just had such a great time. The old little prissy bride back there was doing nothing. She was just wiggling her bum at everyone. Like, I was know, I saw. Like, mm, mm, mm. Gotta put like a now, glass And it was so, it was so funny. I had such a good time. And at the end, they were like, so we're going to pick our winner. Who's going to vote for the bride? And it was just the hen party. Like, <laughs> Genuinely. Okay, so I know there can't have been more than 100 people in that room. And 20 okay. of them were probably in the hen party. But yeah. then she said me. And it was like, every other fucking person was like, yes, Friday, Friday, sad, woo. I got <laughs> such a high. It went straight to my head. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I am really famous, really, really famous. I got two tickets. She's actually not sent them to me yet, but I got two tickets for the next show. Oh, um, I love it. I just had such a good time. Like, it was so funny. My God, guys, my ego is huge. Like, I know, it. fame, fame at last. I know. And then we went to the Slug and Lettuce afterwards, and pretty much everybody from the drag brunch went to the Slug and Lettuce straight afterwards. They all started chanting my name. Oh, my like, God. Give us another dance. I was like, oh, my God, no, guys. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. So I sit back with the group. And this is when my evening took a fucking nosedive. Okay, so I can't, I can't believe I knew you before you were famous. <laughs> I can't believe I knew her when. I can't believe I knew her when. Go tell my grandkids this. Honestly, <laughs> Sean, it was so good. It was, it, it was honestly, it was like, you know you get your 15 minutes of fame. That was, <laughs> this was it. yours that with was a it. group of 100 people and it was Essex. such a positive hilarious experience Aww. that I was just really because you know you're like I made a twat out of myself but everybody was in on the joke yeah. it was just it was so much fun but anyway we, we, I'd Aww. gone to the bathroom I'd come back sat at the table my friend whose birthday we were out celebrating wasn't there she was at the bar I looked at the bar and I was like oh great he's here who's him so him is let me think of a name. Oh, so it's not someone we know. It's not someone that we know. In the podcast canon. In the podcast canon. You may be aware of him, Chardon, but I'm I'm not quite sure. What name can I give him? What B name haven't we know haven't we used? He's a Brian. Brian. I feel like we must have had a Brian. We definitely sure, Brian. not had a Brian to my okay. recollection. Okay. So Brian is somebody that a few years ago I allowed his penis to be inside my vagina a couple of times. Lovely. Traditional. Traditional. Very separate, like only twice in very separate. I feel like almost decades they were in set. They were that far apart, right? Um, and then about a year ago we got back in touch, and he asked me out, and I said, "Yeah, you know, there weren't necessarily negative experiences. We used to be really close friends. We booked a date, and he ghosted me. And okay. I was like, okay, well, you're some kind of cunt. 
but all right, yeah. let's, you know, whatever else. And then this is where I think I have mentioned this already on the podcast. About three weeks ago, I got a very random text from him out of nowhere. Hi, Freuder. Just want to say I'm sorry. Right. Or like, sorry Weird. for being a shit. And I was like, okay. <laughs> well, I'm not going to disagree with you, but what are you apologising for in particular? His response mm-hmm. was, everything and it's like well that's not an apology if you're going to apologize please can you be specific yeah and he was like well i'm not going to do that now and then blocked my number what is he playing at that's crazy genuinely like oh you're fucking having me on so my friend is still friends with him they're still really good mates and she'd asked me a few weeks ago do i mind if she invites him to her birthday thing i said well of course not you know, it will be what it will be. We're grown-ups. It's fine. Yeah. He's going to feel more uncomfortable in this situation than I am. But I'm all good with it, pal. Your birthday, you invite whoever you want. Because I'm a motherfucking grown-up. Yeah. Right? So he comes. He's at the bar. And about five minutes later, she comes over with some drinks. And she's like, oh, I'm just going to go outside with Brian. We're just going to have a like a chat and a catch-up. They said, oh, okay. Like, oh, all right, fine. Does he not want to sit with us? And she said... No, he doesn't want to sit with us. He says he feels very uncomfortable with the situation and that you're here. Oh, my God. What the fuck? Are you having me on? No, obviously, everybody else that was there was very cross. That with this him? Situa- yeah, with him, that this situation had arisen. And after about 20 minutes of sitting there, raging, I was like, do you know what? I'm bringing the tone of this situation down. Whoo! <sighs> let's go so i went i went okay. home oh you went home i went home i was like, oh when you, you said that, what? no i was like do you know what it's not about me i'm not the one with the problem but his attitude his behavior is creating a situation it's creating mm. a drama of which i'm the main participant i've had a great time there's no way even if he left now that i would enjoy myself anymore because he's made me that cross I'm a growing up, so I went, I'm off skis. I'm just going to go home. Mm-hmm. At which point I was raging and obviously tried to call you because I was like, well, I can pretend to be calm in front of some people, but others <laughs> need to know that I need to slap a bitch. Cause I was but doing... I can rage to Shardin. She yeah. always loves to hear it. Yeah, even though you didn't pick up the phone. I'm sorry. If I, wa- if I wasn't working, you know I'd have been yeah, on it, course. like a carb on it. Of yeah. course. And then about an hour later, I get a call from my friend I get a call. She's like, oh, my boyfriend just told me that you've gone home. Like, are you okay? I said, oh, yeah, like, I'm just really tired. Bear in mind, the boyfriend knew exactly why I was going home to prevent an argument, which was obviously going to happen. Um, And she was like, yeah, I'm really sorry about how Brian's behaving. Like, he was really weird. He said to me that, like, he just felt really uncomfortable because he tried to apologise a little while ago and you refused to accept it. And that's why he didn't want to sit with us. I was like, pal, I literally sent you the screenshots. You've seen the receipts. I said, but it doesn't matter. It wasn't about that anyway, because I'm a grown woman. I was just really tired. Um, yeah. Because also, like, it's her birthday. I don't want to be like, oh, yeah, your, your friends caused loads of drama. And then I've just fed into that drama by being pathetic and leaving. But ultimately, I was in a mood. And there was nothing that was going to bring me back from that mood. That's so fair. So what am I adding in this situation? Then no. she texted me this morning. She's like, yeah, I'm, I'm really just... 
that whole Brian thing was really weird. I was like, it was weird because it was so circa 2012. Oh my God, I was spitting. I was absolutely spitting. I went to Tesco's to get my emotional eater starter kit. I came home. I put on the imitation game to watch. Sorry, I need to suck that emotional eater starter kit. It's fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait. We should have, we should start like an Instagram of emotional eater starter kits of like the selection of shit you bring back when you're hungry and you want to eat your feelings, but maybe you're not making the best decisions when you're at the supermarket. Yeah. Excellent. Next time you do one, take a photo and we'll put it on the Insta. Okay. We're going to start a hashtag. Yeah. I love it. Because, I mean, it happens quite often. We all know I'm an emotional eater. Like you and your, your hangover start yeah. last episode, <laughs> which was glorious. Yeah. Just so awful. But anyway, um, I watched the imitation game so I could have a bit of Matthew Good in my life to make me feel a bit better. I had a cry. I cried about it. No, because it's frustration is almost yeah. harder to deal with than just straight up like anger because it's like oh it just this is so pointless and then you yeah. get angry about how pointless it is and also like when you're like me and you like to think that you're everybody like you're the reason for all the problems in the world you're like i've just really ruined my friend's birthday by really just merely existing and then you get over it you have another gin and you fall asleep on your armchair by half past nine you know nice one nice one babe and I woke up this morning and I still cross, still fucking cross. Because as soon as he said he was sorry, I was mindful to accept his apology. I of just course. wasn't mindful to accept uh You don't well, need dates and times. You don't I need just, dates and times. I'm sorry for ghosting you last year for no reason. Yeah. I'm sorry Thanks. we set up that date and we didn't see it through. Yeah. Brilliant. Cheers for that. I appreciate He's, your He seems like a really self-loathing kind of person. Like, oh, I'm just a bad guy. I just can't. I just, I'm, I just hurt people. Yeah. So I'm sorry for everything because yeah. everything I do is bad. I'm yeah. like, grow up. I've yeah. hurt myself way more than I hurt you. Oh. That kind of oh. Yeah. Write a poem about it. Fuck off. <laughs> All right, Lord Byron, calm the fuck down and just tell me why you're sorry. <laughs> All right, Percy Shelley, get off your heart. <laughs> Write it down and move on. Fucking emo. Welcome to Misery Loves Company. The podcast dedicated to those moments in life so tragic, so embarrassing, so pathetic and frustrating that the only solace is that they make a good story. We are your hosts, Chardon and Freuda. And I feel like maybe we should just start doing the intros straight away from now on. Maybe, so so that we don't. (laughs) This really is just a midway point at this stage. (laughs) I mean, it is. It's fine. People will, like, get 30 minutes into the podcast. I'll start playing the gorgeous Steve Pelloni's uh, brilliant music. Yeah, the sexy Steve Pelloni. We found him. We Within found literally him. 30 seconds of stopped recording, I was like, so here's his Instagram, and he's really I don't cute, think... and he's married to some absolutely stunning woman. I don't think either of us were quite on the point with our predictions. But, but I was more Fro- on the point Freud was were. much closer, yeah. I was yeah. about to say that. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure you were. Well, everything is about me. Let's not forget. It's like a nice looking guy. I followed him from the podcast. Did you? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course I did. So, Steve, if you're listening, uh, we love your music. Um, uh, We love you. We don't know you personally. We're going to stop pretending that we do. (laughs) And I hope you enjoy two girls. And also, we hope that you're just really okay with the, the content that is being put to your music. You know? I hope you're nice. Yeah. And you find us funny because it's hilarious. Um, I I sent you a message earlier this week, didn't I? And it was a really rogue theme idea. No, I think it was a good theme idea. Yeah. Okay, well, I thought it was rogue for me because it wasn't about penises um, or where the penises (laughs) go. My, oh my God, can I even remember what they were? You suggested that we talk about uh, teenagers. Yes, but it was something, what was it specifically? You didn't tell me anything more specific than that, actually. You didn't say anything. So, like, we do, which makes sense. Phases. Because we talked a bit about childhood uh, a few weeks ago. So, teenage phases certainly make sense. So, the example that I used, like, my personality for a good two years was predicated on wearing glasses and reading novels. 100%. And I feel like two years was an underestimation of how long this was my personality. I actually arguably believe it still is. Um, My glasses are a high point on my face. Um, And uh, I've read a lot of books. So, you know. I mean, was it about being bookish? Or is it that kind of thing of like... I'm not like other girls. I don't like MySpace. I like books kind of thing. Well, yes, but I also was very active on MySpace, so I don't think that really works. But I think it was more like, do you know what? I can't be the attractive one. As in, like, you know when you're at school and yeah. you go into factions and you've got the good-looking girls who wear the short skirts and a lot of makeup and those awful clipping hair extensions. Do you know what's so funny is that the, what we defined as the popular good-looking girls... Oh, my God, just look like in, in 2004, <laughs> it would 100%, if you showed those to the fucking oh Gen Z, not even the Gen Zers, the, the fucking generation below them, we yeah. haven't come up with a name for them yet, they'd be like, what, what the, the fuck, fuck is this? this? Genuinely, what but is this shit? it's all about what what's, what's what Vogue was it at, at the, the time. time. Yeah. So, you know, you had the, the sexy girls um, who were getting dicked when they were 13 and wore it like a badge of honour. You had <laughs> the sporty ones, you know, you had your sporty spices. Mm-hmm. Then you had your musical ones or your theatrical ones. And then a very small portion of our school were the gay ones. Yes. Well, you did go to a Catholic school. I did so go to a Catholic happen. school. Very small. They also yeah. seem to have a lot of crossover with, like, the sci-fi nerds. Yes. You know, like, the ones that would, like, think it's really fun to pretend that a spoon was a lightsaber or something. You know, like, those type of girls. And then you had the me's of the world that were just there, like... Sorry, I don't actually need a boyfriend because I'm just really focusing on my education right now whilst pushing my glasses up the bridge of my nose and cracking open Twilight for the 30th time that, that month. I find it surprising because I don't think you ever showed this side with me because, I don't know, I never thought of you as particularly bookish or anything. I know you like books, but it's not the same as like making it your whole personality. No, no, I when you were it. with me, you were just loud and weird and uh, flirty a bit, and that was it. <laughs> like, <laughs> I say weird in that you fit in with me and my weird friends. <laughs> How? In that I was also weird. Dare you? 
I'm the quietest person <laughs> you have ever fucking met, okay? Like, oh, I can't I'm wait. so quiet. Like, this isn't even going to be picked up on the microphone. How dare you? But no, and I think that was, like, it. Like, we all went through really weird phases, I think, when we were teenagers and when you were trying to, like, work out yourself. Like, my... I'm fairly certain I might have brought this up before, but I don't know. But, like, my favourite outfit, and this is genuinely horrendous. Right, right. My favourite outfit for the longest time was this pair of drainpipe dark blue jeans. 100%, yeah, drainpipe yeah. jeans. With the t-shirt we got from going to the opening of the last Harry Potter book at midnight. Oh my, you got a t-shirt? Got a fucking t-shirt. Oh no, I did have a t-shirt, but obviously it didn't fit because I'm a fat bastard. But yeah, I do remember getting a free t-shirt from the Waterstones. From the Waterstones. We, we queued up to get the the book at midnight. We were for front the, of queue. For the last three Harry Potter books, like, nerdy to the max. And no regrets, honestly. I mean, apart from, obviously, liking Harry Potter is is a weird vibe now, um, if you're an inclusive person. But at the time, it was just that we like the wizard boy book, and I'm unapologetic. And I felt zero shame about waiting. We were front of queue, there was loads of little kids behind us, and we were like, suck it, your mum should have brought you here No, do you know what... Because I always felt guilty because, I mean, book five, we were like 11. Uh, mm. Book six, we were maybe like 14. And book seven, we were 16. And by the time it was book seven, I'm like, we can't, we're 16. We cannot be the first people in the queue. We can't. The fucking Waterstone staff want to see the look of wonder on an 11-year-old's face. They don't want to see... Elbowing down the doors like, give me the fucking book! (laughs) I just want the book so I can go home and read it, please. Yeah, exactly. Um, So so you had your drone type change, uh, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows t-shirt. Yeah. And a pair of black with multicoloured stars braces. I don't remember the braces, you know, but I believe you. It's a very you look. It was from such a two thousand and seven. I tried to be really alternative, and I think now at the time, firstly, I'm just I'm going to preface all of this by saying I'm incredibly body positive, also incredibly body inclusive. But I will state that back then, normal shops did not cater in no. any way for bigger bodies. They didn't know how to dress it. All they did was take what they put on the thinner people and just increase the material. Or you could go to the fat shops. Which Those... were always aimed at older people. So then you yeah. dress like a 40-year-old, which is so what I fucking So there was no real in between. So I think that as this alternative bookish glasses-wearing thing that I was putting out at the time, if I had been thinner, I think the look would have really worked. As well, it, was, it did. I looked like a fucking mushroom. <laughs> I did when I was uh, I tried really hard when I was very young like 11 or 12 it was all about sort of clicks and I think it was more predicated on like the books and films we were watching at the time yeah. than actual reality but everyone would want to belong to a thing and I was loosely in with like the grungers which predated the emo movement mm-hmm. which came a bit later which was just but the we were still ba- the OG emos the OG say. emos well My I never went space picture taking was next fucking level oh yeah the only thing we were missing was hair that looked like a black wig 
and snake like that piercing. I never had the hair, but uh, I tried to emulate it as much as possible as I could with the frumpy fucking clothing they sold at Evans, which was the only yeah. plus size shop in our town. Um, or yours. Yours came in late teenage. Later, yeah. Um, this is pre-yours. Mm. Uh, and even then, you know, it's not a huge amount better. No. It's a bit better nowadays. But um, Everything's fucking leopard print. I know, and I do like leopard print, but even I think it's too much leopard print. Like, like do all chubby women just like leopard print? So I, I felt strongly that, oh yeah, I'm in with the... Well, I eventually sort of resigned myself to being with the grungers, and what that really meant was, like, wearing sort of quirky jewellery mm. that was made out of, like, spiky plastic. Yes. And you had different coloured shag bands, and they yeah. all meant something different. And if someone broke your shag band, that meant you had to shag them, which obviously yeah. didn't happen, but and it was just a, a thing. And as a fat, ugly virgin, I'd be going around like, just going to snap my black shag band yeah oh yeah it's the black shag band you're like oh no it broke and there was a male in a one foot proximity (laughs) you have to shag me now it was it was all my male friends and we'd all like go and break each other's shag bands (laughs) and of course like we were all virgins and they were all gay so you know (laughs) means nothing yeah but But at the same time you were like you can test out your sexuality on me if you like like if if you like you just need a check if you want confirmation that vaginas aren't for you, I will confirm that for you. <laughs> I'm, ha- I'm happy to have my heart broken yeah. so that you can achieve self-actualization. Yeah, please, fine. please. Um, yeah. But I really was like, maybe I'm going to be a witch. Oh my God, what, like a proper Wiccan? No, Love I mean, that. I never went there. What it was is that I got some tarot cards for Christmas one year. Yeah. And I still have them because I think they're pretty and I think that they're like funny and like interesting yeah. but I I don't I mean don't tell your mum this but I don't believe in any of that oh shit. no it's all like, bullshit um, like it's all absolute bullshit for sure but <laughs> uh, I was like maybe I'll be a witch maybe I'll buy lots of books and I, I think I bought like a dream journal where it's like oh yeah. you dreamt of this what does it mean yeah. like, that's that's going to be my thing and I remember my mum I mean my mum isn't particularly like I don't look to my mum to find out what's cool necessarily. Mm-hmm. But I remember her, I remember saying that to her once and her giving me this look like, <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> like, um, but then I just kind of went grungers and emos and then I just kind of went nothing. Like, yeah. um, But I didn't mind being a grunger emo. I just meant listening to lots of good Charlotte, yeah. hanging out with boys with floppy black hair and... Um, uh, and yeah, that was a, that was an okay teenage life for me. But then I don't really remember cultivating a personality. I just remember being awkward. Yeah, just and constantly. I think that's the thing. Like I do remember my personality. Like I tried so much to be individual, but by trying to be individual, I was also sort of like ear to the grounding on what movies were people watching, what music was everybody listening to, where did I want to go? I remember once, and this happens to be one of the worst things I've ever said in my life. Excellent. As in, you know... You Can't know wait for this, because it's a high, highly contended title, that. But here we go. You're in your bed at 2am and you just get just the hint of a recollection. You're like, oh, for fuck's sake. Like, why would I say that? Like, it's awful. Do but it. I remember talking about um, Led Zeppelin. Oh, bloody hell. Here we go. Right, yeah. Right. And I'd bought an album. How, how, how old? How old are we? I think it was about 15, 16. Okay. And I can't even remember what album it was, and I guarantee you now, never fucking listened to it. 
offer in HMV. And, and you're like, yeah, I listen to Led Zeppelin. I listen yeah. to all the classics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. And I'd, so I'd got this album and I was talking to a boy about it. Mm-hmm. And rightly so. I mean, I say rightly so, but also dickhead boy situation alert. He was like, yeah. well, what's your favourite song? Now, I had uh... awareness of the big hitters. You know, I knew the whole lot of love. I knew Stairway to Heaven. I knew uh, Immigrant Song. Basically, yeah. just those three. I was aware of them. Okay. I liked them, mainly yeah. all from School of Rock. That was my frame. Yeah, of exactly. The ones that get played yeah. on fucking adverts. Exactly. And, shit like that. Yeah, right. yeah. and I, thankfully, I say thankfully, but I hadn't even looked at the track list on this album, so I didn't even know what was on it. And I just said, oh, Do you know what? I don't, I don't worry myself with the titles of the songs. I just. <laughs> I just feel <laughs> songs want me to feel. Yes, I don't pay Do attention to the titles of songs. Oh my god! Do oh. You know what? I want to comfort you on this because, on the one hand, that is a fucking horrendous thing to have said with your human mouth. Yes. On the flip side. The boy is clearly trying to catch you oh, up. Yeah, He's trying totally. to be like, the way all boys do about whatever their thing is. Yeah. If you say that you're into video gaming, they'll quiz you about it. If yeah. you say that you're into films, then I want to have you seen this. Yeah. Um, if you say you're into anything. Yeah. Uh, Who is the assistant boys are... director of The Godfather? Because if yeah. you don't know that, then you're not even a fan. You don't know who did the catering on the on. You don't know who did the catering on Kill Bill. Call yourself a fucking fan, fake fan. Um, So he was trying to do that to you, and I bet that that was quite a good answer to actually put him in his place. Yeah, potentially. Potentially. Do do you remember? Do you remember his reaction? No, because I do remember scarpering not long after. Like I do remember sort of leaving it as a clangor and being like, "I'm not coming back to see how that." Actually, I don't really think of them as songs. I think of them as states of being. Yeah, I actually see the music as a movement and not really a statement. <laughs> so I don't need to concern myself with the titles. Yeah. Thank o- you so only, much only for consideration. I don't recognise the songs oh, by the titles gosh. on a. Di- dust jacket I yeah. recognise them by the it's, feeling of my soul it's still it honestly it it persistently pervades my waking thoughts where I go you actually said that because you were caught out trying to be something you're not and I want to say yeah. I learned from that but I don't but I don't feel like he I'm doesn't serious. know that I feel like yeah that was cheeky on your part but he doesn't know that you said you're into a band and he's trying to make you prove it and yeah. I don't like that but also, so like, fuck you. I wasn't into that band. Like, I was into the three songs that I was into. Yeah, but you're, you're a teenager and you don't know what you like. Like, it's just... It's like, I remember watching... I mean, as a grown-up, I actually stand by it, but as... A, but anyway, I remember watching a music video. It was actually the Sex Offender R. Kelly's music video, Ignition. Oh, Yes. Popping fresh out the kitchen. Yeah. I mean, still absolutely slaps, but I can never listen to it again. It's awful. Anywho, I remember watching that video and I was at my parents' house because obviously where else would I have been? I was a child. And I remember saying, oh my God, that video is so cool. Like, it's so retro. And my dad looked at me and be like, do you know what retro means? I'm like, obviously just means that (laughs) cool. (laughs) (laughs) Now... I was using it incorrectly, but when you think back to that video, I wasn't wrong. 
I don't. Well, it's retro now, was it? Retro no, at the but time? I feel like it was retro at the time. Like it was a bit like eighties sort of. Mm, you're reaching. Saturday I need to watch it again. Um, but anyway, that was another yeah. one where you're like, well, nah, fuck. If we're if we're talking about 16-year-old bookish Freuder, I need to ask you about something I have a dim memory of. And if you want me to cut this out, I can. <laughs> but I remember uh, when we both started sixth form in our separate schools, uh-huh. um, we were both studying, however, Angela Carter, who is like the oh godmother. Oh, my God. Yes, I absolutely the... fucking hated that book. It was oh, see, I, I fucking loved it. I love Angela Carter as the godmother of like horny fairy tale fiction where you take yeah. like the conceit of a fairy tale and you make it really dark and grim and sexual and highlight all the sort I of really undertones. I feel like I know what you're gonna say. I loved it. You didn't. That's fine. But I remember us discussing it at your house once and we both had to do similar assignments where you yeah. had to write your own alternative fairy tale. And I remember you telling me that yours was extremely pornographic. <laughs> and I think I read it, but I don't remember. I feel like one draft was, because I actually remember what my fairy tale was and I got marked very poorly on it because I'm not a particularly good creative writer. Well, I am, <laughs> but I'm not. Like, I can... <laughs> Okay. I just, you know, in this instance, I did not understand the assignment. I think it was a play on Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, the, the Disney iteration, but yes. all of them were elderly men in a care home. Oh, God, yeah, right. I not, but I feel like, and then I feel like she had a sexual awakening by the prince. I think that's what... Did she no, fuck actually, all the men in the care home? Like, what? She did. Yeah, it was very pornographic. <laughs> no! <laughs> oh, my God. She did. Because it was the whole sort of, like, consumption, consummation vibe, wasn't it? And I get that. And they were, all of Angela Carter's stories are pretty horny. But, and she um, was very young and they were very old, but it... But it is subtext. It's yeah. never, it's yeah. It's never out and out. Well, except for her beauty and beast when they when he licks the skin. It's one of the only things. I oh yeah, remember. he like licks all her skin and she he turns into a tiger all of or her something. Skin off. It's like, I know. Yeah, but it's hot. <laughs> I, I love it's it. Hot. I absolutely. I found I love that it. book so traumatizing. But what I, I do remember, right, and this is what I thought you were going to mention, and maybe I've just never told you because it was so horrendous. Okay. But you want the ground to swallow you up and you may have to cut this out because I don't know if I could have other people know this. It was in sixth form. We were doing Angela Carter and I was in drama class because obviously I tried to be a drama nerd for a while and I, again, wasn't very good at that either. So. I disagree. You Oops, were a great Aunt M in our production. Thank we were you. in of um, A Wizard of Oz. Thank you very much. We were doing something, I can't remember what it was, and one of the girls, we were all sort of joking around together, and you know when some, you say something that goes down like a sack of shit? Like, <laughs> like a Led Zeppelin, if yeah, you will. But like yeah, but you clang it so hard and you just wish almost instantaneously you can just gobble the words back up and they're just removed from the narrative. And someone had called me like a whore or a slut or something, jokingly. Yeah. And I just thought, oh, God, I can't even, I don't even think I can turn, I don't even think I can repeat, it's so... Come on, I'll cut oh, out if you want, but you have to tell me, you have to tell me. But I just turned around and went, excuse me, I'm an unbroken egg. Oh! <laughs> oh! Oh! <laughs> what does that mean? It was in Angela 
does it mean a virgin? It means virginity and unbroken egg. <laughs> Honestly, Chardon. The minute I said it, I wanted to take it back and all of the girls looked at me like, you fucking what? Like, Excuse me, I'm an unbroken egg, yeah. actually. Oh, God, it was oh, it's so cringy. Did you then Awful. Did you then explain it? Like, no, they were all work? in the same class. They all knew what, what I was saying. Like, at least enough of them did. And everyone was like, oh, like, why would you use that oh to refer God. to yourself? I was like... Oh. I panicked. I was trying to be funny. Like, you, can't, you can't let me keep that in. Please. Oh, so horrific. Uh, I'm an unbroken egg. <laughs> oh, God. When will I learn to stop trying to be funny? You, I mean, you are funny. Exactly. Except except not when try. I try yeah. to be funny. Oh, you were trying to be funny. I thought you were trying mm. to sound smart. No, I think I was trying to hybrid. Oh, see, if you like were trying... Like, I'm very well read, but also funny. I think if you're doing the flip side and you were trying to be funny, I think that is funny. Oh, I mean, you can tell. Was... I just laughed for about 20 yeah, minutes. Yeah, but you laughed imagining 16-year-old me in a drama class going, hey, excuse me, actually, I'm an unbroken egg. At the time, you'd have been like, oh, my God, what the fuck is wrong with that? No, I wouldn't. I'd think, oh, you're calling back to that thing we all know. That's, like, the core, <laughs> that's the core tenets of comedy. Way too much there. I mean, I can't... Way too much. I, I, I can't... Yeah, properly picture it, perhaps. But it was awful, honestly, Chardon. Yeah, I've tried to my hard in my life to, to be funny because, yeah, like you say, you realise you're gonna get labelled for something, and it's like I might as well be the funny one. Yeah, may as well be the funny one. I didn't really do that successfully at school, but I definitely did that successfully at uni. I yeah. sort of went straight out of the gate. Like, I mean, I was probably still also the fat one, but people thought I was funny straight yeah. out of the gate. And you want to, you want people to go, oh, do you know Chardon? Which one is Chardon? You know the one that's really funny and fat. Yeah, funny needs to come first. Funny needs to come first. <laughs> big girl, really funny. Yeah, no, um, that's not. I don't I, want to be known as the big girl. That's really funny. I want to be known no, as no, well, you wouldn't. But I, I am also yeah. as well as being fat, also six feet tall. So it does yeah, tend to come first. Yeah, that doesn't help. Uh, Absolute monolith. Look like she should be on the front of a warship. You know, <laughs> she's also a bit funny. <laughs> One of the statues from Easter Island. Yeah, Easter Island, Easter Island girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I told you this at uh, primary and secondary school. People called me BFG, and oh, uh, oh that's giving it away. My my Christian name, my Christian name begins with a G, and yeah. um. And I, they always told me it was Big Friendly G. <laughs> you know it wasn't. Big Fat G. Oh my big, big Fat G. It's Big Fat G. Big Fat G. Oh, oh, oh. Um, big Fat G. Yeah. I, I remember my Angela Carter story. I don't think it's particularly funny, actually. Now I think about it. Uh, it was about uh, a girl... She gets promised to, like, the King of Winter. He turns into mm. a polar bear... This was um, another Beauty and the Beast one, right? It was a bit Beauty and the Beastie, yeah. and he, but she was in love with a merchant, and so the evil boy Bear Man chops the boyfriend up and scatters him across the country, and the oh, girl has to go around, has to collect all his body parts up and reassemble him. 
which I thought was appropriately gory for a sort of an Angela Carter vibe. I remember being on a train. This is not a teenage story. It's just an Angela yeah. Carter story. Um, I was on a train and this fucking disgusting man. The only time I ever, well, not ever, but most, like 90% of the times I've been hit on by people in public places is on a train. I don't know why I'm fit on a train. I just am, apparently. Yeah. Um, Things do people do have different perspectives when they travel, though? I think it is like you're trapped here, so yeah. you you can't escape Maybe it if you want me to. Um, and I was stood because Southwest trains overcrowd their trains. It's fucking disgusting. And I was stood and I was reading a book. I was rereading The Bloody Chamber because I actually really like it. Oh, God. Traumatising. Um, yeah, go on. And I was reading. It's a book. It's called like The Elf King or The Elf Man or The Forest Man. I don't know. But it's very <laughs> sexual. Something like that. Yeah. The, the narrator is female. It's implied that they are anyway. And they're they're having some sort of sexual sensual relationship with this forest nymph man i don't know um i can't remember it but um i'm reading that part of this bloke he was a bit taller than me and he was like really we kept like you know when the train shudders to a halt and you sort of get pushed closer together and he was eating a pasty and like the pasty was like it was like raining down on me and he was properly leaning over me and he was like what are you reading glancing down expecting to see i don't know some like pulpy chick flick thing yeah and like god knows it was a really you know comparatively steamy bit where this woman's talking about fucking the tree boy (laughs) it's like and i can imagine him catching sight of him going oh and he said something like oh that's a bit unusual and i Are you gonna fuck me like a tree man? Yeah, a tree so spirit. Jeff Bark for a dick. If not, I'm not interested. I'm not interested. My god. <laughs> Unless you're a literal elf man. Oh my god. Um, I do remember though, like, this is getting off the subject of Angela Carter because I don't think that my nerves can take it anymore because I do just fine. find it very repugnant. Like, that's what fine. she did was phenomenal. I understand the importance of her it's work. It's for everyone. Blah, blah, blah. But it's just too much for me. It's too much for me. But I do remember in our second year of college, so year 13, say college mm-hmm. sixth form, yes. we did Geoffrey Chaucer. Oh, bloody hell. And this Kill is when I was sort of like peak bookish. And that's the thing, is when, it's when you pretend to be like, actually, I love Chaucer. Yeah, it's no. like, no, you don't. No I one mean, does. To be honest, if anyone never, says they do, they're lying. Yeah, I never pretended to love Chaucer because it is a different fucking language. It sounded like Welsh. It was so Shakespeare, and I love, I genuinely love reading yeah. Shakespeare. But, but Chaucer is just like is more poetic. Is more poetic, and it's more in line. And also, the subjects of it, like Chaucer, was also just gross. It was gross men with young women, and oh, it was, but anyway, right. we, as our le- oh god, this is just I'm outing myself here as such a fucking weirdo. Do it. As a leaving gift to my teacher in year 13 as we were leaving the school, me and my friend wrote her a poem. Oh, was it in Old English? It was like in Chaucerian English. Yes. I love it. And you know when you're doing it, you go, this is a bit much, but I'm here now. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's funny that it occurred to you at the time, because normally things like that... Yeah, so that was sort of like teenage. I think I did the whole... I'm just really focused on my education right now because I don't think I thought I could get dick. So I was like, 
It's a bit like mm. joking about being fat before anybody else gets a chance to. Yes, like actually, I don't. It's not that I don't have a boyfriend. I just don't yeah. want one. And then I was mercilessly bullied for being a lesbian because of it. That's great. That's fucking great. That's just annoying because it would be bad that you were being bullied even if you were a lesbian. It's not the like, oh, but I'm not a lesbian. It's like, well, even if I was, why don't you just fuck off? Yeah, leave it be. If I like Fanny, let me like Fanny. What does it do to your life? Yeah. That's a girls' school thing. It really was a girls' school thing. Also, I've noticed completely off track. You have a very generic southern accent. Except when you say girl. Girl. What girl. do you mean? Is that a girl is a real Essex giveaway? Girl. It is. It is. It's about a girl. A girl. Girl. I do. I have a few. I noticed some the other day. But, I mean, generally, I've lived, I haven't lived in Essex since no. I was 18. But I, I I still have an Essex accent, I notice. Yeah. But I have things it's that sound more Essex. It's very broad strokes. It's very broad strokes of Essex, which also I hope... I am fairly... I think well, the thing is, is, you work in London, you know, I'm, you're surrounded by people who don't necessarily speak like proper deep deep Essex peeps. No. and I think also just try... Obviously, my work voice is very different to my normal voice yeah. in the sense of it is very moderated. To be honest, what and what winds me up when people do an Essex impersonation is they drop all the T's and stuff, which isn't incorrect, but no. actually that's more Cockney. Think about Essex, it's actually, everything yeah. is actually very pronounced. The vowels are very hard. The vowels are very long, but people, it's not just like... It's, rah, 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 very, rah, rah. it's quite a precise accent. I, I had a mate who's from Kent, and we used to, well, I sort of, yeah. listening to her speak, it was kind of like, there's Cockney, there's like London. And if you make it slightly more camp, it becomes Essex. And if you make it slightly more aggressive, it becomes Kent. <laughs> so Cockney is kind of like, um, all right, mate, how you doing? And um, <laughs> an Essex person is like, oh my God, sir. Yeah, everything's pronounced. But it's like, so an Essex person will be like, all right, mate, how are you doing? Even yeah, the bloke. You're right, it, yeah. Yeah, I'm all right. How e- even a bloke, even a blokey bloke would be like, all right, mate, how you doing? Yeah. Like, it's sort of no, a I little mean, bit of syllab- sibilance in there. Whereas a, a person from Kent would be like, all right, mate, how you doing? Like, it's really yeah. quite straightforward. Yeah. I must admit, my app, one of my absolute favourite YouTube videos, and you know I'm not as much of a YouTuber as you are, because you do love, you find great shit on YouTube, whereas I just go to YouTube for shit. One of the things I watch repetitively there is a mashup of like all of the greetings from Towie and it is just all right babe how you doing yeah I'm all right how are you yeah I'm all right you yeah hun I'm right you I'm all right hun how are you doing oh <laughs> darling it's lovely to see you how you doing I'm all right darling you, you all gotta right? share this yeah, with me you. and it's just constantly I'm all right yeah you I'm all right. How you doing? Yeah, I'm all yeah. right. Yeah. But it's like that whole sort of adage, isn't it? From like people from the US, it takes them so long to acclimatise to the fact that when people ask how you're doing in the UK, no one gives a shit. No, not it's just a way of saying, saying hello. hello. Yeah. It's, it is weird that when somebody, and, when anybody answers it truthfully, it always takes you back. You're like, yeah. oh, um, I wasn't really asking. But it's like the same, it's the same version, like the Essex version is, you all right? You all right? You're yeah, all right. I'm all right. You? Yeah, I'm all right. Thanks. 
How's your dad? He all right? Yeah, he's all right. How's your brother? Yeah, he's all right. Thanks for asking. Like, that's it. <laughs> all right. He's all, all right. right. You're yeah. all right. I'm all right. I'm good, thanks. Yeah, yay. Yeah, yay. Yeah, yay. Yeah, yay. This is absolute audio garbage for anyone who's listening to this right now. I mean, if we've got a clip for the Instagram, it's this. Yeah, yay. Yeah, yeah. I'm all right. Yeah, yeah. This is is anti ASMR. (laughs) Yeah. Designed to get your back up. Russell Kane has got a lot of really good content. Oh, yeah. Living in Essex, growing up in Essex. Mm. And in fact, he came and did a stand up set at my school once. Oh, really? Brilliantly. Yeah. When he was like famous enough that you knew who he was but not probably as famous as he is now and um he came and did a set and it was all about local places we knew and he talks a lot about his dad who is like a sort of aggressive manly man authoritative character and a bit very blokey but he still talks in this slightly sibilant Essex way which anywhere else you'd think mm. was camp but actually in Essex everyone just sounds no, like that. it is so bad upon it come get your purse Pound your banana, two pound your pear. Oh my god! I said something the other day. I was with some people I used to work with. Yeah. Um. And I, like, I mean, people know I'm from Essex. It's not like I hide my accent or anything. But it, like we were saying, it comes out aggressively at some points compared to others. And somebody told me something I found shocking about some, <laughs> about, about a mutual friend. And I said, "Oh my god, did he?" <laughs> <laughs> and it went like they said, "Oh, so and so did this." Oh my god. And it went like it went on for so long. It's like, oh my god, did he? And they both burst out laughing, and I was like, what is so funny? Oh, bless you. See, whereas I expected you to be like, yo, fucking what? Oh well, I mean, I, I, I'll get into one day all the funny stories I've got about my first job out of uni was working at a girls' school because working with kids is hilarious. Yeah, but um. One thing is that I noticed is that for a while I tried to pretend I wasn't. I mean, like we've also talked about this, like when you're at work and you try to pretend to be somebody else. These were, it was a private school. So I'm like, these are wealthy children. They're not going to listen to me if I sound like a chimney sweep. So I'm going to have to. <laughs> and, and just generally All right, think. Mary Poppins. Oh, my Mary going to die? It's a jolly holiday. And, um. <laughs> Well, you'll see your subtitle would just be indeterminate noise. (laughs) (laughs) Brackets, unclear. (laughs) (laughs) But, and and I I realised very quickly that that doesn't work because kids Mm. can sense when you're scared, like horses, and they can sense when you're pretending. So the actually best thing to do (laughs) is just to be yourself. Yeah, like horses. Children are very much like horses in many ways. Um, What I'm trying to say is that I would, like, be talking to the kids and I wouldn't be hiding my accent, but I would still be trying to do my best to speak clearly and not necessarily in an Essexy way. So what, but did you just sound really stupid because you were talking really slowly? It'd start off quite normal, but if they would just kept talking and kept ignoring me, I'd be like, ladies, girls, ladies. Okay, can we all be quiet now, please? Girls, <laughs> girls, <laughs> girls, <laughs> girls! <laughs> Quiet! <laughs> it's your own time you're wasting! <laughs> Please show me some respect and I will show you some respect. Alright! <laughs> it was like, and 
I would just because oh. this is one thing. It's something my my mate noticed about me during uni. Is that I'd just be walking around the road like or in a club or something, just like being very normal. And if someone bumps into me and like doesn't say sorry or like just disrespects me in some like very obvious mm. way, like my eyes would just change and it would just yeah, be like your pupils would enlarge. I'd be like because my the Essexness in my soul just wants to be like you fucking what, mate. Yeah, you yeah. fucking start one, do you? I do what? feel like I react very strongly to perceived disrespectfulness. Mm-hmm. That is just, I don't know why. Because even though I'm never going to categorise myself as a placid person, I'm also what I consider to be a grown-up. Yeah. So even though I'm not placid, I also have a lot of, you know, prescient thoughts where I go, I'm not going to die on this hill. However... When somebody, there's even the slightest perception of disrespect, it's like my hackles are raised. I'm like, you Do you know what, what? it is? It's because you, you are what? quite, you're a respectful person, Freud, and you think about other people's feelings. So when other people sure. take actions that you think aren't, it, it, it strikes you as a hypocrisy. That's how I feel anyway. And so it mm. does, it, it really like gets the hairs of my back of my neck upstanding and I'm yeah. like the caveman within me is like yeah you want to fight yeah. yeah I'll fucking get you I? it's like your head starts bobbing yeah right? that, that's another Russell Kane thing isn't yeah. It? Like, yeah yeah got the yeah. Essex neck go fucking what you fucking yeah. what you want to come over here mate what 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 yeah um, mate anyway uh, the moral of this story is you can live away from Essex for but it's 12 years, you. but you will never... You can take the girl out of the Essex, but you can't take the <laughs> the GBH the out of the girl. <laughs> the girl. Take the girl out of Essex. But you yeah. can't take the Essex out of the girl. Thank you for listening to Misery Loves Company. If you have a tragic story of your own, stop laughing. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. You could be a guest on our show. I'm really aware of how I'm speaking now after all yeah, this accent talk. Just really, your diction will be on point. Um, or if you're too bashful to come on the show, um, you can always write in and share a story. We would love to start hearing your stories again. We had a little flurry and it's got a bit quiet. So if you have anything or you're sitting on the fence, please go for it. Um, of course, everything's kept totally anonymous. Um... Uh, so you can get in touch with us at miserypodcast at gmail.com. I think it's because winter's coming. I think people are having the summer, so they're like, I can't be able to write in now. But the nights are getting darker. Yeah. You've got fuck all to do. You've got fuck all to do. So come on, come on our podcast. Email, You'll have a lovely yeah. time. Do what I've done. Have a glass of wine nearby. Just have a little yeah. bitch fest with us. It's great fun. Our intro music is by the one, the only, the short, sexy... Steve Poloni. Oh my god, he's... don't. He's going to sue us for like harassment. I mean, can you harass someone you don't know when you've not reached out and made any contact with them? Don't know. Maybe defamation, but we're being very complimentary. Anyway, if you want to sue us, you can suck it. Try and find us. It's anonymous <laughs> pictures. Anyway. This is the least anonymous, anonymous podcast. Like, <laughs> like fucking, it would take somebody like 20 minutes to Two minutes. Out who we are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> If you perverts want to follow us, as Sean has said, we clearly only have 30 followers, so can we up the stakes here? Do so at Twitter and Instagram. Tell your mates about it, okay? This may be lowbrow, may not be the highest quality, but it's hilarious. We're so funny. So tell other people about how funny we are. Because we've been Sean and Freuder. Join again in a fortnight. You bring the company, and we will, of course, bring the misery. Mwah!